Hey, pals, welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona. And I am Stephanie, and this is the podcast where we play superhero-themed role-playing games and then talk about them. And we've been talking about them and playing them since July of last year. This is our 11th run. We're coming up on very nearly a year of this show. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I know. It's it's lasted this long, but I have to say, Steph, I need maybe like a, like a little bit of a break, like like just like like a month. Can I have a month? Okay, but can we in the month that we don't play game, can we like hang out and just like talk about stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So let's do this. So we are going to lean in as we like to do to the comic book metaphor. We're going to do an annual issue. In the month of June, this is going to be a show, uh, Steph and I chatting about the past year, the upcoming year, and answering any questions that y'all might have about superhero games and superhero fiction. Does that mean we want our listeners to send us questions? Absolutely, we do. And the places to send those are show at teamupmoves.com. That's our email address. Or you can find us on Twitter as at TeamUpMoves and Mastodon as TeamUpMoves at Dice.Camp. And as we say, check the show notes for spelling on all of that stuff. All of that stuff. But I think with that out of the way, let's talk about the game we're playing today. Oh, good. I'm extremely excited about this game, which is kind of a game inside a game because it is... Do you want to tell our friends what it's called? Yeah, so we are playing The Cypher System, and this is by the legendary Monty Cook, as well as Bruce R. Cordell and Sean K. Reynolds. And this is a generic RPG. It's an any setting, kind of any character sort of game. And so we're going to use the Monty Cook Games superhero source book called Claim the Sky to inform the session that we're playing. We should make absolutely clear, it is claim the sky, not claim this guy. Fair enough. Um, Now, uh, Cypher System's got a little quirky, cute thing for character creation. Steph, how do we talk about characters? Every character in a Cypher System game has a sentence, and the sentence has the same grammatical form. It is, I am an adjective noun who verb phrases. Yes, you are. I am. The adjective is called a descriptor. The noun is called a type. And the verb phrase is called a focus. There are tons of adjectives, some of which are genre or setting specific. Tons and tons and tons of foci, but there are only four nouns. The warrior, the adept, the explorer, and the speaker. I am an adjective noun who verb phrases. And so the combination of those three things are going to give each of the characters unique abilities and starting values for their pools. Now, these are kind of like hit points, kind of like stat attribute blocks. What's going on with pools, Steph? So you've only got three of these pools. They are might, speed, and intellect. The things that another game would do with a whole bunch of mental or emotional or spiritual stat blocks, they're all intellect. And you can spend them down to increase your chances of succeeding when you do a tough thing, but you can also lose them when you get attacked or worn down or sick or something. The resolution mechanism in Cypher is that every task that the characters are trying to do is given a level by the GM from 1 to typically 10 or even 15 in a superhero setting. and the players then multiply that number by three. So for example, a level four task 
gets multiplied up to a 12, and then that's the number they have to meet or exceed on a d20. Now, of course, some of those higher numbers are literally higher than 20 when you multiply them by three, and that's where character abilities, spending out of those pools, and other parts of the game will ease the task, bring the number down into something that they might possibly be able to roll. Is that all our listeners need to know about how to play a Cypher System character? Yeah, I would say so. You know, you'll, you'll get to hear us do some, some quick math and subtraction, which is always the best part of any podcast. Is subtraction really better than multiplication by three? Because I have my doubts. This is question number one for the annual episode, listeners. So oh, if you no. want to hear something else, send it in. Show at teamupmoves.com, at teamupmoves, teamupmoves.dice.camp. But if you're ready, Steph... Should we play some Cypher System? I am so ready. All right, let's go to the tape. All right, let's get into it. Steph, how you doing? I am so happy to come back to this and have new adventures with a new character. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Are you you excited to multiply numbers by three? Uh, I mean, not... In and of itself, but as a means to an end, I am so excited to multiply numbers by three. Okay, okay. Well, we'll ho- hopefully that's enough. You got your D20, you got your your multiplication tables, and we've got some guests. We do. I am excited to introduce the guests. Yeah, so Team Up Moves three-timer. You heard them as Derek Roble playing champions and the weird sister Ursula in Sentinel Comics. They also are a comics reviewer writing for Comics XF. Back to Team Up Moves, it's Ian Gregory. Ian, how you doing? I'm really happy to be here, and I'm really looking forward to my free Sunday. <laughs> yeah, the, there's a card. Uh, it's it's good for any frap you like at <laughs> Leo's, uh, I think. We've also got returning to Team Up Moves, Armin Babu, who also writes for Comics XF about comics and other things and runs all manner of tabletop role-playing games online and look in the show notes for the link to Armand's games. Welcome back, Armand. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back here and excited to find out there are free Sundays, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you got one more appearance and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get something for you. We got to print up those cards. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's let's talk about who you're playing. And again, we are doing Cypher System. So I think that to start out introducing your characters, why don't we hear that sentence and then maybe a little bit more about who they are before we get into the scenario. So Armand, let's start with you. Who are you playing tonight? I am playing the Games Master, who behind the mask is known as Karma Jean, pronouns they, them. They are a creative adept who absorbs energy. So what I did for this character is basically in terms of powers, I thought, what if Gambit, but instead of throwing cards, they throw dice? Hell yeah. It's meta. So my powers are basically about, you know, energizing dice and throwing them at people. I look forward to yelling out exploding dice somewhere throughout the session. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they also run um, ga- uh, games at a roll or two, which is, I believe, which is, you know, how I believe I know some of the other characters. Yeah, quite possibly. Ian, how about you? I am playing Ulysses, who is a guarded explorer who ignores physical distance. ULIS stands for Exo-Unit Layer Epsilon 7, and ULIS is a trans-dimensional probe for the Agate Exilium who has been stranded in this dimension while scouting out alternate realities and has decided to stick around because playing superheroes seems like a great way to gather some unusual data. I love the amount of 
galactic sci-fi bullshit you're injecting into the superhero <laughs> world. So it's much amazing. Of it. And Steph, who do you have? So I have brought to the table Songwolf, who goes by Sheila Remy, but is really Songwolf. She was originally a New Guinea singing dog. Please do not call her a dingo. I mean, they're, they're the same species, but New Guinea singing dog is the polite name. And she was a regular old New Guinea singing dog in the New Arcadia Zoological Park, that nationally known institution, got really sick and uh, went through some genetic experiments uh, under the direction of Dr. Kasemin's friend, Chick Pinkin, that altered her DNA and turned her into a human intelligence level biped who's uh, looks kind of human except for the, you know, dog head and the ears and the claws and the kind of wolfy jaw and the jaws. And she just, you know, she wants to help and she wants people to tell her what to do. And she's very hungry and she has been a high school phys ed teacher and an investigator for the well-known private investigator firm Lick Inc. Because she does like licking things. Uh, but she's honestly just hanging out at a role or two right now and hoping to get some more work uh, and is on the superhero dispatch list. But she just wants to help and eat meat. And she is, of course, an empathic warrior who hunts. Okay. So, um... All right, so so strap yourselves in. We got a little bit of uh, exposition to set up this scenario. Exposition, exposition. So there are two kind of seemingly unrelated incidents. And the first of them is Arman or Karma. You have a friend who, uh, you know, perhaps you play games with or just kind of hang out with uh, named Declan Smith. And, you know, Declan's, Declan's one of those people who, like, you know, in some ways is is trying to troll for good, though, like, is that really even possible? Anyways, they like to stir up crap online, needle, jerks, that kind of thing. And at some point, uh, fairly recently, Declan disappeared. And in your kind of investigative and, and sort of looking into this, you found that sort of his last online presence was really just taunting someone who seemed to be a super fan of The Calm. Now, The Calm is a superhero who we saw at the end of Exceptionals. She has wind control powers. Kind of hard-nosed superhero, but anyway, she, like all superheroes, has a bunch of super fans online. And Declan was just, was just like, no, The Calm sucks, and sort of taunting or whatever, before he disappeared. All right, that's one thing that happened. And you're worried because, again, Declan's your friend and you want to find him. Seemingly unrelated. Well, definitely unrelated. We, there was a volcano. Thanks, home. Um, <laughs> and that has caused some structural and geologic, we'll just say problems, in the greater New Arcadia area. The empathy line, parts of it have to be closed for repairs and basically kind of get things back in order. The volcano is dormant, but it was still there and spewing lava for a good 30 minutes or more. So that that kind of thing has repercussions. In the cleaning out, people discovered what seemed to be a very nearly done, we're just going to go with superhero death trap. So this is like your classic arcade, your classic like rooms full of spikes on the wall kind of vibe, trap some heroes, stick them down there and like taunt them, you know, mischievously. Except that the proprietress of this 
a young woman by the name of Melanie Gilbane was sort of apprehended, right? This is investigations were done. Who made the death trap found her. She's sort of in superhero custody. And Karma, as you were sort of hearing that news and hearing about her, you kind of put together the pieces of the way that she was talking and the way that she seemed to be idolizing the calm in the news articles that you heard about really matched with this person who Declan was antagonizing. And so your best hunch right now is that Declan's in the death trap. Really, that's that's the best lead you have. And you know what? No one else is looking for him. So you talk to Winner. She helped put together a team. And we're going to say this late afternoon, maybe a little after 5 p.m. So the repair stuff, the empathy line station, et cetera, is, uh, is winding down. Karma, you, Ulysses, and Sheila bring yourselves to the Empathy Line station in the Grands Meadow, are led down to a sort of a, a maintenance door, and behind the maintenance door and the fissures of rocks and that sort of thing is, as far as people can find, the entrance to this. So... That, again, that, that is our exposition. I hope everyone's still <laughs> listening at this point. I hope you're like, wow, that sounds like a cool premise. Uh, worth it, right? Um, and so I want to sort of, let's get those sort of early kind of panels here let's, so we can start imagining these heroes. You're in this sort of dusty maintenance area. How are you dressed for heroing? Let's start human and work our way out. <laughs> so, Karma, how do you look? So, most of Karma is is basically hidden. Like you wouldn't necessarily know they're human aside, you know, aside from the general, you know, two arms, two limbs sort of thing. They're dressed in like this large cloak and like slightly old fashioned leather armor that's been colored purple. In front of their face, their face is covered by this this mask that that changes digitally that they use in most of their games. So like every time that Karma does a different character, the mask shows a different digital face. Right now, it is just, it's mostly just black, just just all black blankness. Karma can see out of it, but people can't necessarily see past it. And um, they have a, a, a large bag um, across their chest, which contains their dice, uh, their throwing dice, as well as um, a, a few, uh, you know, a couple of ciphers, which um, they're about ready to use. Just, you know, there's some preparatory um, ciphers that they're ready to use before going in. But um, I will um, hand over a description to others um, before I activate those. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Song Wolf, what's, what's heroing look like for you? My most... Uh, visible, obvious characteristic by far is that I have kind of a dog wolfy head, mostly kind of golden fur with uh, white and brown splotches and very attentive, swivelly ears with a little bit of that ear hair that helps me hear everything. And, uh, you know, fangs. <laughs> I don't really need a notable costume to stand out as a hero, given that. So I've just kind of got a loose vest and pants. And there is a belt with little pouches that have got a little equipment attached. For example, a first aid kit and, you know, my phone, just practical stuff people have. Uh, and the the vest and pants and belt are colored to match my fur, kind of golden orange with white and brown streaks bare arms and bare feet or paws where you can see those fingers and the opposable thumb that, of course, end in claws. All right. 
And finally, Ulysses. Ulysses uh, wears no clothes, for Ulysses is a fully mechanical uh, space exploration probe who, largely out of, um, out of consideration for the human squeamishness and desire to look at something that they know where uh, the head is, has fashioned two sets of legs to carry uh, their long, uh, sort of stretched out robotic frame, which is adorned with various sensors and, and sensing equipment. They have two arms that are sectioned and whose fingers split apart into individual manipulators instead of functioning like a real hand and a completely vestigial head vaguely human shaped sitting atop the torso <laughs> that really does serves no purpose uh other than to give give humans something to look at when they're talking to them <laughs> that is so considerate oilus thank you for growing ahead so that we have something to address that's just really thoughtful it's it's simply more efficient than to have everyone be unsettled all the time. Well, and they'd be staring at your midsection. That, that makes me as a wolf anxious if people are staring at my midsection all the time. All right. Well, you all have earpieces or other comms of some kind, and in this case, C-O-M-M-S, and you hear Winter, our friendly recurring superhero dispatcher, and she says, Karma, did you get the directions? Is everything good down there? Karma replies, the heroes have gathered at the beginning of their mission, ready to enter the death trap and face whatever dangers they might find within there. They are ready, they are prepared, they are excited. Woof. And um, they turn to look at the others around them and, uh, are, are they excited? I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I am prepared. Excellent. The heroes are prepared and excited. Woof. Oh my god, this is going to be the best mission, you guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love your descriptions, Karma. Okay, um, <clears throat> sorry, the Games Master. Uh, oh, anyway, by the way, my core rulebook arrived, so I'm going to be making my character for the Pathfinder campaign Like while you guys are doing your thing, so I, I-, I might have some questions. Um, oh, also, oh, I wanted to let you know, I know you guys are going to be missing the live stream of the new Cat Ears album. So I'll let you know if there's anything good, anything comes up. I'll, I can I can pipe that down. But you know, I'm just going to have a you know sort of one ear on that uh, in case those will those will be good. Winter, winter. Uh yeah, Song Wolf. Is, is this the where you're playing Pathfinder while we're going on an adventure with the Games Master? Is that what people mean by meta? Did I use meta right? Is that what meta means? Is it, is it meta? Uh, Stephanie, you are an English professor. What <laughs> is meta the correct use of uh, the phenomenon this character this is, is noting? This is Songwolf asking Winter. Yeah, and you know what? This is Fiona asking Stephanie, because you know what I'm doing? I'm being meta. <laughs> what? what? Can I have a treat? Karma is going to pull out a book um, from their bag, and um, it is it is the cipher system in which they look through it and go, um, meta, meta, I believe they do have a reference for some meta, you know, exploits here in the cipher system rulebook. Ah, well, we can look at that <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, that index, we can talk about the index. Ulysses, <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you're going to be able to fit in there. Uh, I know we're kind of having trouble figuring out what to do with you here, but uh, the folks figured that at least for this mission they wouldn't be liable if you turn out to be actually evil and kill a bunch of people don't worry if we encounter a space that i cannot fit into i can always fold extra bits of my mass into the seventh dimension see you know what it's that creative problem solving (laughs) that i think is going to make you a good hero on this team Woof. all right so you have a crack in a wall you could mostly kind of squeeze through it but i wouldn't recommend doing that too quickly because there is about a seven or eight story drop. There appears to be, there should be an elevator. Looking down, you can see that there is an elevator car behind some lava. 
that has flown, uh, flowed over and blocked it. So your first kind of task of this adventure is to get down there. What do you do? Well, the first thing I want to do is activate two of my ciphers. Mm, one is coming in hot. quite literally, because one of them is a heat attack cipher. So for the next day, um, I do a little extra heat damage in my attacks. And I also activate the force field, which is another for the next day cipher, which increases my armor by one. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely getting myself prepared. And do I, am I able to see sort of like an area, uh, you know, down where, where we need to go past the lava, past the, past the, uh, elevator car? Well, sort of actually kind of putting this together, you realize that you could get down to the elevator car and then you would be on top of it. And it is then kind of by definition blocking the entrance. So once you get there, you will probably have to go through it in some manner. Okay. Now, I, I should have made a note of this, but I can fly, quote, long distances. Mm-hmm. And I remember that long distance is a mechanical term. Like, that's like a, a, a term for a certain amount of distance, not just a generic phrase. But I couldn't tell you how long is long distance. What, what does that mean? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of, it is a little fuzzy, you know? So Cypher has immediate, which is just sort of like what's all up in your space. Short distance is kind of small room, like 10 feet, you know, kind of around. Long distance is probably, it probably what, like shouting amount, Armand? So according to the, um, to the you know, the rules, is, is basically short distance is anywhere you can get within one action. So it's about 50, 50 feet, uh, you know, the average, you know, a little bit more than the average walking speed. And long is just double that. It's about um, 100 feet if you want to get, yeah, um, about that much, approximately. Okay. So I think, Ulysses, that that the long distance is how much you could fly in an action. Mm-hmm. So sustained, because we're not in, you know, sort of an initiative time right now, you could fly wherever, presumably. Right. Okay. In which case, this distance is suitable for my thrusters. Are any of you light enough to be carried? Inform <laughs> me of your weights in kilograms. Well, with their armor and um, their various um, uh, bags and things like that, the games master weighs in at 123 kilos. I'm a little lighter than an average adult human. Okay. I've asked this question without knowing how much weight I can actually carry as a character. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it, it comes down to the role, I would say. Now we get to get into setting some difficulty levels. That is something that would be, I'm going to say, demanding which the sort of the description, the guidance for this is requires full attention. Most people have a 50-50 chance to succeed. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the level for that is is a three, which then comes out to rolling a nine on the die. I think that doing it while flying is going to make it a little harder. So we would kick that up to a four. And this would be a, a might action, I would say. So the question then is, do you have anything where you're trained that could ease might actions, Ulysses? Hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and none of my movement abilities allow me to uh, move anyone with me. None of you would survive the trip into the seventh dimension, I'll say that much. I could get you there, but you would, uh, you would cease to function when we arrive on the other side. So I can spend might from my pool to make this easier on myself, to ease the difficulty as I understand it. Yes. I can spend, is it one per thing or is it three to ease? So it's three for the first one and two for each one thereafter. Um, And I do notice that you have a edge in might. And so that's like a a one discount. Okay. 
In which case, does anyone else have another way down? If I could take one person and then the third person has their own way down. I mean, I can climb things. I can climb, try to climb down. Sure. There's exposed rock, I would say, on the other side of the tracks. It would be tricky, but not impossible. It's the kind of thing I would regard as fun. Why don't you take the games master down and I'll, I'll climb down? If it helped, I could um, sort of use um, so, some of my powers to, well, shatter some of the rocks and, you know, sort of carve like a pathway down for you. If, the, if that could help. I, I love that. Okay, so I... I'd be so grateful. I'd be so grateful. <laughs> yeah. So, so I have an ability um, called Shatter. Okay. I can cause the detonation of an object I choose within um, long range. It says the object must be small and a mundane item composed of modulus matter. So if I do just like little parts of the mountain, uh, I mean, of the, of the rock uh, side, you know, going down, would I be able to sort of carve a pathway, just exploding it bit by bit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely, sure. Yes. All right, let's let's uh let's call this demanding. Um, so this is going to be a, a 3. Uh level 3, so 9 on the dice. Okay. Um luckily I can do this as many times. It it's it's an ability that costs two intellect usually, but I've got an edge of 2, so this won't cost me anything. And I think that let's see. 3 on the dice. Um I'm I mean in 3 on the level, that's 9 on the dice. I'm I'm just going to risk mm-hmm. it without any effort. Okay. Ouch, I rolled a three. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's see. Let's think about failure then. Um, oh, so actually, I, I will uh, point out uh, up top, you each are going to start with one experience point, and you can use experience points to re-roll the dice or to ask for a character intrusion, or you can spend your experience points to decline a GM intrusion. Um, so we aren't doing advancement in this one shot, but you do have one XP up at the top in case you want it for that those other currency uses. Okay. I am embarrassed. This is the first, I mean, this is, I'm like, you know, this this is early and I, I'm definitely using that XP to re-roll. All right, what do you got? It is... Exactly a nine. Okay. So yeah, you you shatter some some bits of the wall, uh, kind of making it rougher, sort of having more more handholds, more footholds, that kind of thing. And so this is going to end up easing the task for Songwolf, which I think brings it from a difficult uh, a level four down to a level three to climb down. Shall I climb down? I mean, if you like. Yeah, I want to climb down. Okay. So it's demanding. Level three, do you have any skills or anything related to this? I mean, maybe I am skilled in running, leaping, and jumping. I don't have, I'm not skilled in climbing, but if I lose my footing, I can use my leaping and jumping skill to regain it, maybe. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> yeah, so, so, all right, I'm not going to give you the skill on on this, but in the event of you falling, uh-huh. that skill might come in handy. Okay, so... Is this, just a, is this just a straight roll? I mean, so right now it's difficulty three. If you would like to expend any efforts to ease it, you may. But level three. I'm going to... Let's hang on to that effort. I might need it later. I need a nine or better, correct? Correct. That's a 20. Hey. Okay. All right. So 20 special times. Oh, so first of all, you succeed. You climb your way down. All the way down. The other thing that you get now is a major effect. Do you have any requests for what you would like from your major effect? This is a big deal. Um, Otherwise, I've got some ideas, but... Yes, uh, I would like when I get to the bottom to be able to, you know, use my enhanced uh, canine senses to just have a sense of what's down there. Is anyone down there? Are there, there creatures, people? 
anything that would give off a smell or have body heat, I would like to be able to sense kind of where they are and what kind of thing they are and whether they're, you know, as much information as I would, as, as I can get. Okay. Is that the kind of, is that, is that the kind of thing that would be? I was thinking, I was thinking more along the lines of like, now the games master sees an easy way down. Oh, I didn't realize I could do that. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Let's do that. When I get to the bottom, uh, I have climbed so fast and the lighting conditions are so favorable that I see some elevator cables that would allow the games master to just kind of shimmy down that have handholds and fail safes and breaks from when that elevator was working. So it becomes quite easy to get down there. Like I can just give give them directions. Okay, yeah, I think let's not have elevator cables because I feel like you would have seen those, but certainly the an easy path down. And I think it's at this point, it's sort of trivial enough and, and you know, we can kind of move on. So Games Master, you able to get down. Uh, Ulysses, well, here's a question. <laughs> you had the offer of flying people down and no one took you up on that. Is that just cool day in life of the probe or I don't know. As Ulysses floats down, sort of following the Game Master as they chart their own path, Eula says very conversationally, It is fortuitous that we have discovered this alternate route. If you had struggled while I was carrying you and been dropped, you likely would have perished. I love the way Eula speaks so much. <laughs> is, is, is this a threat or a statement of fact? This is the problem with employment. No one knows and Eula has struggled as a result. Mm-hmm. All right. So the three of you down there, you're on top of an elevator car. There's some lava here. Uh, how are you getting through? Okay. I have an ability... Because I am a guarded explorer who ignores physical distance, I possess the ability Dimensional Squeeze, which allows me to, to transit to anything within eyesight as long as they're a, as a whole of at least one sixteenth of a square foot. Because uh, I have two power shifts that increase, uh, that sort of decrease the amount of available space needed. Okay. If I'm able to see to the other side of this, this uh, elevator car that's blocking, blocking us... Yeah, so, so you're on top. I think there's probably been enough damage to it that you can definitely see down into the elevator car itself, mm-hmm. no doubt. So I'm, I'm just suggesting the idea that I could perhaps transit inside and find a way to open it from the other side. At the very least, having people working on it from two different directions might be beneficial. Okay. The games master looks at this, and uh, and this is uh, this is Karma speaking in in third person as they usually do, <laughs> and realizes that they could explode, um, shatter parts uh, of the uh, exterior in order to gain uh, access for you know everyone to go inside. The games master looks around and makes sure that this would not destabilize things in a dangerous way. So I would say looking around, I mean, the elevator car itself, you are standing on it. So if it breaks, you would sort of fall. But it does seem to be at the bottom of its transit. So it doesn't have like further to fall. Looking up, you have five, six stories of, of um, you know, sort of rock and other things above you. So I, I'm not going to say it's like super safe, but it's um, it's not precarious right now. Okay. Uh, in which case, the Games Master will attempt to, you know, try to strategically, you know, explode like um just just parts of, of of this necessary to help us get through now the space is like i mean we're thinking sort of elevator size space so if you're going to start exploding things and the three of you are there oh right um this is a very explosive ability um wait i do have another one called release energy where I can, you know, sort of just release a laser, um, like a, a blast of energy 
that um, does about 12 damage at this point with my heat blast. So um, if that is more refined. Yeah, so I think that what you see is, so there's there's a lava on top and there is, it is partially covering like, it's cooled lava, don't worry about that. Like a, like a hatch is, is tend to have. That is probably locked from the inside. But if you cleared away the debris on top and someone were in there, I think that you could then open it up. Hmm. Okay, so I think working together, the heroes believe, uh, uh, the game's master suggested that perhaps Ulysses could get uh, inside while um, the game's master cleared debris array off the top using their, their release energy ability. Sounds good. Okay. Quick note on my character. I would like to move my edge from might to intellect. Go for it. My first build of this character was a full like tank sort of character, and I forgot <laughs> that edge was a thing when I changed it to being more of an intellect character. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally fine. Eula says, sometimes I forget to account for the slower processing speed of organic brains, but I am pleased you have reached the same conclusion as me. I shall transit inside. <laughs> <laughs> we need a comic book panel. What is it? What is this? What is the the transit inside look like? Sure. So this is my dimensional squeeze. And mechanically, I am spending two intellect, but with my edge of one, that is just one intellect. Sort of like a fractal, parts of Eulis sort of fold into themselves and disappear until they are nothing more than a tiny speck of robot that zips forward so fast it appears to teleport and then refolds back into their normal state on the other side. I think there's just like just like a, just like squawking stuff over the comms as <laughs> like the the microphone piece gets, gets going to the shunted into the and then, <laughs> when he's like, "What the? Oh my god! Can you mute next time that happens?" <laughs> Ulysses please? turns around to see that uh, it says, "A uh, fair warning." I have been told that human optics often struggle to process the visuals of my transit into other dimensions. For your own safety, you may wish to avert your eyes in the future. <laughs> Not human, but okay. All right, so I am now on the inside, and the Game Master is going to clear up on top, and I'm going to open up from in here. Oh, by the way, while I've got your attention, I'm thinking I'm going champion, probably the liberator path. Does that sound good, Karma? Yes, yes, that 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 sounds good. Um, yeah, uh, uh, very devoted to a certain cause. I, I believe you have uh would have fun with that. Just sort of dropping the third person for a little bit to help out with the uh with the with basic game stuff. Cool, 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 cool. You you guys good down there, by the way? I guess. All right, just just let me know if you need anything. All right. Okay. All right. Blast some blast some uh, some lo- some rock. Okay. Um. Do I need to roll uh, 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 to roll for this? Um. To make the attack. That's a good question. How does this? Let's see here. How can you describe this to me? So you're you're normally what I would do is I would release any energy that I've absorbed and make this an attack. Um. But um. Since I've not taken any damage yet what i'm doing is i'm releasing some of my own energy which takes a point of might away from me but allows me to make this attack that in a non-explosive manner all right i I don't see this as a roll just because like it's rock right there you can blast it Mm -hmm. my question thinking team up wise is you haven't absorbed any kinetic energy yet but you're standing next to a wolf person. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to generate kinetic energy for you. I'm not sure if I should hunch you or jump up and down a lot or, or just kind of, uh, you know, shake off the kind of water on my fur from, you know, climbing down through all that wet stuff. Like, what kind of kinetic energy would you like? I have a lot of it. What Song Wolf would need to do is attempt to um, attack the games master, but not in a way that would throw the games master off balance. So enough to hurt, but not to knock down. I don't really want to use up 
my might or my speed in order to attack you, but maybe I I can just I can just punch you. Yeah. Right? That'll work. Yeah, we're gonna do this as a as a as a, a level one difficulty, just just to get a little randomness in there. <laughs> uh just maybe a little spice, but yeah. You have to do a three or better. I'm not using up any might or speed by making a claw attack, whereas if I sonic barked, that would be a lot of kinetic energy released, but I'd be using up might. Yeah, mechanically. Exactly. Yeah, no, this is you're just punching your friend. I'm just going to punch my friend because that's what I do when I get very excited. And uh, that is a 13. All right. That makes a level one, level one punching. All right. Games Master, you've got some armor. So I think, uh, yeah, you absorb this kinetic energy. Uh, yes, excellent. I, I, I can punch you again. Would you like more? It's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, perhaps uh, later. Okay. For now, however, the Games Master raises their finger and takes in um, the, the force of the blow and redirects it to shoot out in a beam that uh, will destroy some of the debris. All right. Can I punch you again? That was fun. Oh, sure. Why not? <clears throat> okay, I'm going to punch you again. <laughs> That's an 18. Um, okay, so this time I'm going to defend and I'm going to use an ability called Resonance Field, <laughs> which means that these these faint purple lines um, go around me and I can roll for defense with intellect uh, in, in, instead of speed. So I'm just going to roll to defend that. Oh, that's 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 lower than what your attack is. So I believe you hit me, but you know, doesn't really. But that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. what we want. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all, y'all are just joshing up there is what's going on. Ulysses is is um is running a program that that artificially taps one of its feet, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that this is a sign of impatience among humans and hoping that they will get the message. I thought you were tap dancing. I, I notice and I start kind of trying to do a tap dance, but I have like a wolf pause. So it, it's it's very unclear that this is intended as rhythmic. <laughs> I, I open up the door. <laughs> Whatever it is okay. I need to do from my side. Is there like a control panel I need to interface with? I, I think you, you can reach up. Uh, now, how shapeshiftery are you in general? Not terribly. Okay. I just sort of can can squeeze into other spaces that shouldn't exist. Well, you, you talked about like making legs and making a head kind of thing. That's, that so. was like, that's like a engineering thing I did that would take some time and processing. Gotcha. You all exit the elevator into the first room and it starts out pitch black, but sort of as kind of motion sensors kick on, the ceiling lights up bright as day. And so you're, you're, you know, you're sort of blinking and and you just like eyes adjusting for those of you with eyes and and you see that there's there's like this fake sky that the ceiling is fairly high above you um you know like a um inside of a stadium kind of height perhaps mm. and it's like some lights are arrayed as like a fake sun and kind of as they come up bright and you look a couple of the bulbs in that like frizzle out and like things get like a little bit dimmer and so looking around, you see a fake version of kayfabe hmm. with sort of streets and kind of some of the buildings. And they're very, it, it's, it's reasonably accurate, but, but kind of made smaller, you know, like kind of like how in Assassin's Creed, like, okay, yeah, this is the city, but we took out like every other block kind of thing, right? And so it's recognizably kayfabe. There seems to be in some places like video projectors inside just like the, the frontages of buildings to, to sort of look like people moving behind them. A sound system kicks in and you hear 
honking and car noises and sort of people stuff, you're in a fake version of a bit of new Arcadia. What do you do? This reproduction is highly inaccurate. Tell me about it. it smells wrong, too. I think we're supposed to just find our way out. What would be the the most important building in 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 Kayfabe, do you think? What is is there like a central building in this this area of New in this part of New Arcadia? The highlight of Kayfabe is the open air food court that has uh, many different sort of small restaurants, as if a mall food court, but a couple floors and open air, and uh, overall actually surprisingly good. And you you see a version of that. All right. Anything that that stands out about that area that seems like different or seems to invite attention? Um, why don't you give Why don't you give me a, a roll on this one? Let's Let's do some uh, perception check type stuff. <laughs> Excellent. I I would like to I would like to call out one of my abilities here called Find the Way. Okay. Which says whenever I apply effort to a navigation task because I don't know the way, are lost, or am attempting to blaze a new route, or I need to choose between two or more otherwise similar paths, I can take a free level of effort. So this, this is, if we are attempting to navigate or decide which way to go, this is truly what I was born to, sorry, manufactured to do. <laughs> this seems like your role, absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right. So I have to spend one level of effort, and then I get a free level of effort on top of that. What is the what do I just what, what is my target difficulty here? Am I just rolling? So what am I looking for? Yeah, I, see, so I actually don't know if this is navigation because it's yeah. you know it's down at the end of the street. <laughs> so getting there, I don't think is a thing. This is more of a games master was was like trying to look for weird stuff or or that kind of thing. I, f- I feel like. All right, so then I'll just make an intellect roll. I'll put in one level of effort, which which, which my edge of two means I only um, spend one intellect to get this level of effort. And yeah, I will go ahead and roll. All right, and so we're going to kind of see how much you roll, like what number you get, I think, mm-hmm. to decide what you find. Ah, well, I got a nine, which and I guess with, with the level of um, effort would be functionally a 12. Okay. What do you want? And I'll tell you what it is. I think I like. I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what 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 is it? What is it we're looking for? So the games master knows this is a death trap, and they've designed many death traps, you know, in their time, you know, in in their games. So okay. basically, um, anything that looks like an arena for um whoever built this death trap to really you know let loose. Are there enemies, or there's a place that it looks like you know there would okay. be a good ambush so that we can get things rolling, um, so to speak. <laughs> hmm. All right, I got you. Yeah, so. On top of this this food court, sort of at the four corners of it, in real New Arcadia, there are sort of just like these these statues, you know, some virtues, um, truth, bisonomy, et cetera. Empathy and stuff. What you see instead is what appear to be, we're going to go with winged mechanical soldiers, but who are like trying to look like statues and <laughs> using your sort of game master sense of like, okay, this is, this is done by a hack. Um, <laughs> as you approach this, they're going to come to life and attack you. Cause that's how this works. <laughs> the games master will point them out and say, Roll initiative, which um, I'm sorry for stealing your line if we're about to head into battle. Uh, I mean, it's, look, if you don't approach them, they're just going to stay there. So, um, <laughs> Songwolf, what are, what are you up to in all of this? I am looking around for a couple of things. I am looking around to see if there are is anything organic, anything that smells or moves like it might be a person or an animal in here. 
and I am looking for a way out because fighting robots is fine, but right now I am not a hunting dog so much as a retriever, and we are trying to retrieve a likely captive or hostage. And so I'm just kind of looking around, and I don't know if, if this is a role or if, yep. if I'm, I'm, I'm behind the, the other two members of the party. I'm kind of just trying to survey the perimeter with my nose and my eyes and my ears and my temperature sense, looking for ways out of the fake city and looking for life. Okay, so the, you know, kind of looking around the horizon, it doesn't look like there's doors in the distance, right? Mm-hmm. That whatever, you know... Clearly, things are sort of drawing you to this this center spot, and presumably the way forward is going through there. If you would like to roll for like some smelly stuff, we can totally do that. I would like to roll for some smelly stuff. Okay, and uh, I do have a nose for trouble, which is an intellect roll, which is is sense intentions. But the way I, I read it, I should just be able to to smell things that have intention. So, um, no, the sense intentions. That's a you're trained in the skill of. I think knowing knowing what people are trying to do, okay. which is different from I'm thinking that like you're scenting a a, a trail here. It's, that's yeah. That's that's yeah. I would love to do that if someone's okay. been through here recently. But that's not about sensing intentions, so I don't I don't get the skill. I don't I don't think so. Yeah, it's just a, a this an intellect roll, and we're gonna say it's a level three. It's demanding. Okay, beat a nine. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a sixteen. Okay, so what do I find? You smell, um, so people have been through here. You get some whiffs of propane. Propane. And some whiffs of, actually, a, a coffee that, that sort of smells like a blend that they have in a roll or two. Um, and those are fairly recent, like within the past couple hours kind of smells. And, and we'll, those are associated with two individual people that you can you can kind of tell. Okay, there are. I don't think you recognize the people, but um, two people have been through here. Okay, Where, does the trail go past the, the into the food court? Or does the trail go somewhere else? I think it goes in, towards the food court. Yeah, yeah. Okay, friends, two people have been through here recently, and they went into the food court. So if we're going to follow them, we're going to have to go to the food court and uh, fight those guys up there who aren't guys. That you pointed out to me, which, thank you, by the way, Wolf. Teamwork is important. Always. The heroes looked at the enemies before them and wondered if they should perhaps set up an ambush for those who were attempting to ambush them. How would we do that there up above us watching us? Hmm. How would that work? Euless extrudes a long rifle barrel uh, <laughs> from their form, replacing their right arm. <laughs> oh, that would... I can both fly and shoot. I can bark at them, but that's only going to work once. And then they'll <laughs> notice us because, you know, it's, it's really loud. We should assume that any interference will be noticed. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we should prepare what I would like to call a decapitory strike. Decapitory? That means you, we take our... Oh, oh, it means you're going to behead them. Okay. You know, I, I, I appreciate the plan that I hear you coming together, Elias. I'm just, is the head, is that like a thing for you? Is like heads, I feel like this is coming up more than I'm necessarily comfortable with. Elias has noticed a strange fixation in human media on faces, uh, facial expressions, and while it's bewildering, they've attempted to weight their words appropriately. Got it. Elias, games master, how many of these robot gargoyle statue guys are there? Four. So maybe if I try to bark one down at the same time as Eulis tries to shoot one, then maybe we will 
only have two to deal with after that. And uh, uh, Karma? Kar- uh, Karma, just this minute. Uh, if you could maybe punch me one more time, just just real quick before we attack. Always. So is that a roll? I think at this I think at this point we could we could just go yeah, ahead. You can just you okay. can just punch me. I'll yeah. that at some point I might I might GM intervention. You know, like on this. Uh, I, I, you know. I punch you in the shoulder. Okay. Oof. Ah. Intrusion. Sorry. It's intrusion. very satisfying. <laughs> All right. So y'all are just gonna. Just go at it. We're gonna bombard. <laughs> yes, just 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 make an attack. So, do we want to just kind of on three all attack? Wait. So let's check this out. So the the thunderbeam song wolf is long range, so that's good. Ulysses, what is your range on your weapon? I think they just told me to create a medium ranged weapon, a medium weight weapon. So I'm not sure what the range is when I created it. Okay. What what did what are, what have you chosen? Oh my God, is there a list? A, a rifle? Yeah, a rifle thing. Just a rifle. Okay, that, yeah. yeah, that's long range. Okay. Yeah, it's not like a shotgun. So okay, all right. So as long as we're long range, I think that you don't have to like sneak closer. If you were to get within short range of them, they probably would. Um, then we'd have to roll for it. But if you just want to start out, uh, you know, taking the first shot, Han Solo style, like go <laughs> for it. It's, it's your call. I will will bark first. I'm just going to hit to go after one of them. She who barks first barks last. Barks. Is that true? <laughs> I think she just barks longest. Usually, actually, who, once you start barking, the barking doesn't stop. Well, I hope not because I'll, I'll run out of all my energy. So this is normally a two might weapon when I use it, but I've got a, an edge and might of one. So does that apply to, to the, the weapon cost or only when I'm trying to alter a roll? No, so that applies to weapon cost. So what what we'll do here is sort of add up. There's There's the cost to use it, which is two might. If you do any effort on it, then that would also be part of the cost. And you can spend to do more damage, actually. Mm. Then edge is subtracted from all of that added up. So you get to you get minus one off of everything as opposed to minus one off of each of those cases. What's the difficulty of going after one of these statues? Okay, so since they're just standing there um, and uh, these pals are level three, so it's just going to be a, a a nine. This is a, a level three task to hit them. It's not going to get any easier if I miss the first time. So I think I do want to try to reduce that to a level two. So that means I'm taking, that means my might goes down to nine, doesn't it? Because I've got an edge of one. Let's see. So yeah, so you're using it for two. Mm-hmm. And then if you're putting one level of effort in, that brings up to a, a five cost. But then your edge brings it down to a four cost. So yeah, you would be at, be at nine for okay. your might. Is this a bad idea? Do I want to conserve my might for later? Uh, it's part of the fun of Cypher system, right? There's a little, like, player <laughs> okay. skill here. You got a little resource management kind of thing. Well, I am eager to to feel useful, and uh, I've been just twitching since we got, since Winter gave me this task, and I'm just going to use that might. Okay. So let's convert this to a, a level two task. All right, so, yeah, so got to beat a six. Okay, and that is... Oh, no, it's a five. Okay. Well, you can miss, or if you want to spend that XP you have, you could uh, you could do a reroll. Take the higher of the two. I'm going to spend that XP. It's a one-shot. All right. This is the All sunk right. cost fallacy in action, I think. <laughs> you know, it is, isn't it? But this is the way Songwolf thinks. And that is an 18. That's an 18. Okay, so, uh, all right, so a couple things. So, because you got an 18 Mm -hmm. on an attack roll, that will up your damage by two. So, that is 10 damage. Yeah, 10 damage onto one of these Larrys. And so, it's got it's got armor too, but who boy that you know you you know what you get to talk the panel. What is what is Songwolf's side of this look like? 
so this is Songwolf crouching to direct the sonic bark upwards at the statue. And it's it's two panels. It is the the crouch with the full body on the ground and then just the close-up on my head. And you can see the intensity of the sound coming out of my wolf-jawed mouth. And there are little lines of, of force. And, and of course, there is a sound effect. And the sound effect is... Because it's pretty <laughs> high-pitched. All right. So... The blast of this sound hits the thing, the guy you were aiming for, and its wings are are just like torn off along with a good chunk of its torso. And you see that you got kind of like this clockwork action going on in there. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I would say a good two thirds of it is is just sort of shattered. And then the rest of it uh, up at the top now just kind of topples and falls into the food court. And you just hear a smash and like spraying of gears. And so between the sonic boom and that crash, one of these things is out. Now, I'm going to assume that this is happening simultaneously with Ulysses' shot, so we'll let that go off rather than, like, go into initiative right away. Sure. All right. So this is the same thing, difficulty 9 or 12? So it'd be, it'd be a 9. 9. Uh, yeah, 9 is your, is your challenge number. Yeah, and I'm not going to expend any effort here. So let's just see. Uh, that's a 5. No! Ulysses, the barrel of that railgun goes hot. It lances a bolt of unmatter straight towards the target, but goes goes about six or seven feet wide. And Ulysses <laughs> says, my aim algorithms are, are perfect. This must have been interference from dimensional shifts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The three mechanical creatures then sort of take to the skies and their big, you know, sort of bronzy wings unfold. And they start sort of flying up and around uh, you know, towards you. And now they're sort of swooping and moving, which would make them a little bit harder to hit, um, you know, kind of video game style. But also you notice that like, they're looking almost dizzy. And I, I think that it's like, this is not a, oh, this is part of the programming, but actually that sound kind of scrambled things a little bit for them. Their sort of location gyros are disrupted. Um, so it does mean that their actions are going to be hindered when they try to to fight at you. Um, so I think probably what I just want to do now is I'm going to say, Karma, you get to roll for initiative here and see if you can go before these guys. Okay. Oh, that is a two. I do not. I believe they are going first. <laughs> oh, no. Better than a one. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to say we're, let's see, we got, we got three of these. The first one is um, going to kind of raise this crossbow thing and fire it at Songwolf, who is, you know, dangerous. And uh, so this is going to be normally to do a speed defense here against their target number of three. However, because of their wooziness, this is actually... Uh, speed defense. It's not, not target number. Uh, speed defense against a level of three. This is speed against a uh, speed defense against a level of two. So got to beat a six if you want to avoid this shot. Okay. Now I do have speed defense without armor, and I'm trained in it. Uh yes. So all of your speed defense then, because you have no armor, is eased. So that brings us down to a one, uh, level one. So beat a three. Okay. Eleven. All right. You're good. You dodge out of the way. I dodged. Yeah. Number two is going to fire at the robot. Same deal. Um, this is going to be a two level two speed defense for you, Ulysses. That is a 14. You dodge that crossbow bolt. Um, so their 
Their algorithms are not perfect. But the final one has, um, hang on a sec. I get to roll a die sometimes in this game. (laughs) That's ominous. Yeah, it's got four bombs strapped to its back. And one of them is launching towards you. So everyone needs to make a speed defense roll um, to get out the way. Or, um, yeah, there's going to be a, a small bomb exploding and doing damage. What am I rolling against? This one is 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 a level three. But it's eased for me because I have speed defense without armor. Yep. Ooh, 18. 14. Okay. And Songwolf? Uh, that's a three. Okay. <laughs> Songwolf, not fast enough. No. I was busy dodging the other thing. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to take four points of damage. That's might damage, isn't it? Yes. So damage first goes to might. Oof. That's not good. Yeah, so you're down to uh, four, five might there. And yeah, oh, and geez, yeah, just the smell of singed fur as kind of singed this explosion fur, thing. It's yeah. really bad. All right, but um, Karma, you now have initiative. Three of these things flying and swooping weirdly. What do you do? Um, okay, so I will aim at the one that just threw a bomb. Yeah. Uh, and I will um, release the energy I've just got from being punched over at uh, over at that one. Okay. Do I know the difficulty of how much this would be? It's going to be a difficulty of, so it's going to be difficulty three because so they're level three. Normally, the swooping around is going to kick it up to a four, mm-hmm. but because they are their gyros are still messed up, it's then hindered back down to a three. So once they get to their turn and they kind of regain their stabilization, unless someone makes loud noises again, <laughs> they'd be a four. But so right now it's a three. Okay, so the one with the bombs looks the most dangerous, and I am going to go ahead and despite not having a lot of speed in my pool, I'm going to put in a, a level of effort into this. And with my shift, I gain two extra free levels of effort for attack rolls, which means this is basically an automatic success, I believe, yes? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Listeners can guess which of us has played Cypher System before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I literally have a Numenera tattoo right here. Um, oh, I'm obsessed with the system. Oh, oh. <laughs> I so, um, yeah, so that is going to be 12 damage with my release energy. Yeah, you knock this thing out of the sky <laughs> and it goes, goes crashing down. And let's see, we are going to, um, I mean, I'm going to, I want to do a GM intrusion. Yeah, <laughs> I had a sense that was You just knocked a lot of explosives out of the sky is kind of my point. Oh, oh no. no. And I can't block this because I've spent my XP. Yeah, okay. So, uh, all right. So the gem intrusion is now these bombs are going to be raining down kind of around you all. And so you get one experience point, Karma, and you get one experience point to give to a friend because we're going to emphasize the lovey, happy parts of teamwork <laughs> and joy before the bombs rain down around you. I'm going to hand it over to Songwolf. Um, that way we all have one XP in the chamber. Okay, excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, yeah, everyone make some speed defense rolls. <laughs> again, again, okay. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. I don't like the sound of the... I-, I got a one. I also got a one. Oh, wow. Oh, ah, I did much better than all of you. I got a six. So this kind of statue killer robot flying thing has been knocked out of the sky with three bombs on its back that have all fallen into the fake city at ground level and gone off. Yeah. Luckily, you don't fall very far. (laughs) These bombs crash down and like, they don't necessarily like hit you specifically because like, I'm not going to TPK you on this (laughs) because that's what this would be, I think. Um, but 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 just like 
craters in the floor and things exploding. And so you, you end up like, just like the ground gives way out from under you and you all plummet a good 20 feet uh, and land hard, just like in a supply closet. <laughs> so just like you, you hit there and then there's like a mop falls on you, Song Wolf, and like one of those metal <laughs> shelves crashes oh, onto no. you, Games Master. So uh, everyone take, um, I think like like three 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 points. Is I, that good? I, I, I am good at leaping and jumping. <laughs> Can I get an extra speed defense roll out of that? Because I'm good at leaping and jumping. Um. The last time I risked falling, you said that leaping and jumping was a relevant skill if I was likely to fall. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, so yes, please go ahead and give me a, a leaping and jumping. Okay. This is going to be uh, demanding. Okay. No, difficult. Difficult. Because, okay. you know, your ears are ringing from explosions. This is a four. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, that is a... That is a six, and I am trained in leaping and jumping, so uh, that that becomes an eight, and that's still not good enough, is it? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. six, little, a bad, trained. Well, you come at nine, still not good enough. Yeah, trained yeah. is a four. Uh, so, so you, I mean, here's sort of, yeah, multiplying by three. All right, so this was uh, difficult, which is a target number of, of four. Uh, excuse me, target number of 12. Level four, target number of 12. You eased it, brings it down to a nine. But a six is still not good enough. So, yeah. owie, that mop fell on my head. And did you say that's three points of might damage? Yeah, I think everyone take three points of damage. So, fun fact. Yeah. Um, I basically take no damage from this because two points go into my armor. Yeah. And one point I absorb. I don't need to be punched anymore. Uh, one point of, uh, of damage I just absorb that energy from. So, I'm ready to make another <laughs> release energy attack. This is great. All Good right. for you. My might is now two. Oh, no. It's okay. I have a dog treat. You, you sort of look up and just like like a slab of one of the buildings just like falls across the hole um, above you. So you're now in complete darkness in a supply closet, but at least you're not in that combat anymore. What do you do? Ill fated. I eat a dog treat immediately. One of my ciphers is a dog treat that restores might. Okay. Yeah, so let's look over this one. Yeah, you picked tissue regeneration. Oh, so we need to roll for the the, the level for this one. Mm-hmm. So I got a six on this. So so that's a that's a level ten tissue regeneration dog treat, which means that it's going to restore a point of might about every ten seconds Ooh. for you because it's every it's every round. Uh, okay. So that means that I just kind of need to hope that no one attacks me in the next two minutes and I'll get my might back. Yeah, if y'all just want to chill for a couple minutes and yeah, catch yeah. your breath. We, uh, we can just, wait. Just bring that back to 12. Yeah, okay. That's been used up and it's gone, right? Yeah, it's gone now. You ate it. I ate it. Ulysses, do you have any light capabilities as part of your armor? It's dark here. I, I suppose parts of me do glow. Much much like uh, like gamer mice and keyboards. Uh, I, I, I I turn up that brightness and emit a, a pleasing a pleasing like blue and purple tone across the room. Amazing. That's so beautiful. Thank you. I would like to open the door. I'm assuming we're in a supply closet, which means there must be a door in and out of the supply closet. Yeah. I'd like to open that up and take in our new surrounding. Okay. Once uh, Song Wolf is, um, has finished chowing down. Mmm, so delicious. I gotta get one, another one of those when we're all done here. So good, so good. And and actually, sort of while you're chilling there, Winter comes over. And says, all right, okay, I I think I've got it. So Helvinica from the last campaign, she's got a little sister 
And that's for Danny. And I know that, like, the backstory was that Helvinia was an only child and an orphan. But what if the memories of her sister are some of the things that were taken by Trovaxin when he needed to forge the Cauldron of Deceit? And so for Danny is now looking for her sister who doesn't know she's still alive. And that's who I'll play in this campaign. Oh, I think I, I think that's a great idea. I think it's also important you carry maybe an artifact of your character's sister that you carry with you that, that always sort of reminds you of, of, of the bond that was shared. Oh, what if we do one of those creepy hair lockets? Perfect, perfect. Yes! All right, so... I think that the the joy of hearing a player get excited about their campaign. I want to give you a subtle cipher, uh, Armand, <laughs> to to restore some intellect. I think is is this. So um, you can kind of note that down. Let's give it a level. Uh, so it's a level four cipher. So if you want to you want to call on the joy of hearing Winter <laughs> expound her backstory, okay, restore some intellect points later. Oh, how many does it restore? Uh, is is that a thing that's rolled for, or just? Uh, so the level is four, and okay. so I think it's just that. Okay, yeah, that works. Uh, okay, so uh, anyone else kind of want to do thing? Now, I, I do want to note that uh, you know, besides ciphers and other stuff, you can also uh, restore to your pool by doing recovery rolls. You have four of them. One of them takes one action, one takes 10 minutes, one takes an hour, and one takes 10 hours. You don't have to use them in any particular order, but they do take time. So if y'all want to chill in this supply closet for 10 minutes, someone could do their 10-minute recovery roll, or you all could. But uh, Or we could just get into it. Y'all seem pretty good. I've taken some hits, but I think I'm fine. Yeah. All right. Okay. I had dog treat. I'm good. So we all come out of the closet together. I've 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 had that experience. I've I've had that experience. <laughs> I wasn't you gonna let the, that one go. You open the closet door and you you appear to be in what seems to be kind of a a, a back area of the killing dungeon. And so there is just like cardboard boxes of junk. You see some some springs and you know, maybe some like bronze feathers. That looks like some other just like even like weird technical things. Just like this was built out of a bunch of random crap of all different technology levels, origins, and you list, you think possibly maybe even dimensions. Some of this stuff has given you a little squidgy, not invented here vibe off of it. Um, but while you're there in the supply closet, you also can hear some voices. Ooh. And if you'd like to pause to listen to a pre-written conversation, you may. <laughs> I, I always pause to listen. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm on my pause listening. <laughs> so you you hear sort of a a, a higher pitched, uh, self consciously higher pitched voice say, All right, "Remember, like if you find any fire stuff, it's mine. Don't you think you you're trying to give me orders? I'm in charge here. You know, you talk a big game for someone whose nemesis is literally a child. Hey, for your information, Gecko's identity is a secret. It could be anyone under that mask." I know their voice cracked last time when you were quipping, so, et cetera. They're going back and forth. You get the stronger smell, Songwolf. These are the people that you noticed earlier. And you hear sounds of just like rummaging. They seem to be going through the stuff back here, trying to get the cool things. Are there any other kind of animal smells that I can get, or is it... Like, does anyone smell like a bat or a spider or anything like that? <laughs> um, <laughs> or just, just human smells? No, I, I, again, uh, 
batter acted smells like just a lot of coffee. Okay. So they're rummaging, they're rummaging in there and they have not noticed us. Yes. So we we see the panel cutting over to two mediocre supervillains stuffing their pockets with crazy cipher junk that they're finding in this, um, you know, death dungeon. Euless runs this one through their 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 relatively new moral algorithm, <laughs> weighing weighing their status as known villains against risk of thievery against expected superheroic behavior and makes a snap judgment. <laughs> and they float out into view and say, cease pilfering or risk being perforated, criminals. I guess we're having a fight now. <laughs> now, are you well known around New Arcadia, Ulysses? Uh, probably not. Probably Ulysses is distinctive looking enough to have been, you know, recognized on posts. If like someone says, look at this weirdo on, on Twitter, for example, but certainly not, uh, not exactly for their deeds. Okay. Um, so the image we'll get, well, actually, we haven't done visuals of these two. So there's, uh, it's Flame Jane. Of course. She is in a white jumpsuit and has a small propane tank on her back, a pink ribbon in her hair. She saw the Mario movie and is like going harder on the Princess Peach Fireflower <laughs> vibes. It's, it's not not working for her. Um, and the other figure is none other than Batarachnid, who leads a gang of the Batsmen who terrorized the warehouse district and Gecko in particular. Uh, Batarachnid has gotten some uh, genetic engineering, which actually I'm realizing now may or may not be related to the stuff that happened to Songwolf, who knows, <laughs> to get uh, four extra arms with which to carry more bats. So actually, I think that Jane probably just just says, I, I think uh, I think we might have activated one of the one of the trap things here. Can you just like hit that with something? <laughs> And I guess we roll for initiative. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So Jane's Jane's uh, uh, Jane's level is she is a five. Um, I mean, in her opinion, she's at least an eight. But she's a five. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what this is going to come down to is if you get a higher initiative roll, this is speed roll, than fifteen, you'll get to go before Jane and Batsy, and lower you'll go after. And we're, we're all rolling. Yep. Yep. Rolling for initiative. I got a six. I got a seventeen. I got a three. Okay. Uh, so Ulysses, you you get the you get the jump on on this um, as Batarachnid approaches you, holding I think at least at least two clubs. And I think also at this point we see that there is a another member of the Batsmen back with them. Uh, you know, they they brought a toady. So Flame Jane is the higher level threat here, right? I mean, I don't know. It's it's up to you. Uh, I mean, she has a tank on her back that shoots fire and she can control it. The Batsman's a big dude who swings bats at people. Sorry, let me clarify Ulysses' question. Yeah. Which of these two is a higher priority for arrest, according to my my moral calculation algorithm? Oh. Ulysses is running millions of simulations side by side about bringing these people in various states of damage into the police station and recording which gives the most favorable response. I think all to determine which one to go for first. I would probably say Batarachnid. I think that sort of being a gang leader and honestly, a lot of Flame Jane's attempts at villainy have been thwarted easily. So, um, yeah. Okay. I, I am considering using my my cipher here, known as the Stasis Keeper. Okay. The Stasis Keeper puts a subject into stasis for a number of days equal to the cipher's level or until it is violently disturbed. An object in stasis does not age and comes out of the stasis alive and in the same condition as it went in with no memory of the period of inactivity. 
I'm sort of seeing an opportunity here to take take Batarachnid out of the fight. Yep. Possibly for several days, or at least until one of one of the henchmen can intervene. Can I can do this in combat, right? This is not like a So let's see. I think this is probably a roll to get all up ins to to trigger it. I think this is probably a thing that you need to apply yeah. to him. Yeah. I, I, Armand, actually, I, I'll. <laughs> Yeah, so because I, I don't think it, I don't think it's a role just to use it. It's it's not a role to use it, but what I would recommend is maybe a speed roll to see if you can use it on Bat Arachnid before he like dodges out of the way is what I would recommend. Sure. Okay, that makes sense. So he is a level four, hmm. and so this would be a speed roll to uh, to make contact with him because he would be resistant to a weird robot approaching with a weird thing. So I'm going to spend three points of speed here to reduce that to a level three. Okay. Making my target number a nine. And let's see what I get here. That's an 11. Okay. Uh, so mm. a little, a little like compartment uh, in the front of Ulysses sort of chest opens up and a little spike just shoots out and lands on, lands on Batarat in its chest. And he just freezes in place. Whatever, whatever face he was making, whatever posture he was in. That's where he is now, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and then Eula says in a, in a tone in a tone that you think reads as smug, criminal apprehended. <laughs> so I think at this point, Jane only sees you, Eulis. Right. The other two are still too slow in the in the closet. So I think what's going through her mind is what the hell just happened? <laughs> that is so cool. I'm going to beat that robot so I can get more of those because I'm down here to get fun stuff. So she doesn't realize that she's like really outnumbered at this point. Um, and so I think that she says, you know, oh, like I was about to say, oh, you did not just do this. But no, I think it's more like, oh, I got to get me one of those. And so she uh, hit, hits a button on the propane tank to sort of uh, get the valve un, uh, released. And starts firing a, just a flamethrower stream at you. And so she is a a level five and that's speed defense roll against a target number of 15 to avoid these flames that she is uh, projecting around the hallway. That's a six. Okay. All right. So you take five points of damage. Oh, ow. Zoinks. As as your circuits heat up and uh, et cetera. You know, it's usually pretty cold in space, so this is very uncomfortable. For me. Yeah, yeah, right. You're not left your heat shielding in another dimension. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's now advancing on you, like, with with a, gonna get me some of that sweet robot tech gleam in her eye. Organics, uh, aid me. <laughs> Make yourselves useful. Working on it. All right, let's leave it there. Come back next week to find out if Flame Jane is successful tearing apart Eulis to get those delicious technological robot goodies they have trapped inside. Just as a reminder, we are going to be doing an annual episode in June. So if there's anything you'd like us to talk about on the show, send us the questions. Show at teamupmoves.com, at teamupmoves on Twitter, or teamupmoves at dice.camp on Mastodon. This run, we've been playing Cypher System and Claim the Sky by Monty Cook, Bruce R. Cordell, and Sean K. Reynolds, published by Monty Cook Games. For more information about the game, visit their website at moneycookgames.com. Team Up Moves is a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2023. We do love to chat. 
You can find us on Twitter as at TeamUpMoves and Mastodon as TeamUpMoves at Dice.camp. Our website is TeamUpMoves.com. It has links to all of our episodes, bios for all of our guests, and a sign-up form for our email newsletter, which we send out most of the time between runs to let you know that we're still thinking of you. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. Find more of their music at sleepyheadrockband.com. If you've made it this far in the show, you probably like what we're doing. So why don't you tell a friend? Drop a link on Reddit or Discord or leave us a review on iTunes or Google Store. Anything you can do to help spread the word of the show really helps us out. Until next week, take care, pals. Take care, pals.